When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, Now, up to to bat, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm Brett Boone. And today on the program, I sit down with a New England Patriot legend. He's a six-time Super Bowl champ, and this year he'll be inducted into the Patriots Hall of Fame. Ladies and gentlemen, Dante Skarnecchia. Dante, thanks for coming on the program. Uh, thank you for having me. And uh, congratulations on, on the Hall of Fame. That's that's a pretty cool deal. And uh, I saw it was just announced on my birthday, April 6th. So uh, congratulations on that. Well, thank you. Happy birthday to you. And, and full disclosure, okay, I was Got it. part of five Super Bowl teams. I did not. I was retired the first oh, time for the- we played Seattle. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, that was in that. Yeah. Cause I was looking, there was a gap in between like 13 and 16 when you came back or 14 and 16. Is that accurate? Yeah. So I yeah. Was okay. Um, we always hear this and, and I hear it on the baseball side of the arena too. Uh, player retires, should he go right into coaching? Now, I have family members. My dad went into managing. My brother's currently managing. I took took a little bit of a different route. As a player, when I retired, I was kind of burnt out. I had the attitude at 37 years old, oh, I don't want to be around this anymore. I'm going to go off into the sunset. Now, fast forward years later, uh, I question a lot of things I did when I was younger. Um but my, my thing is, what is the advice that Dante has for aging players, guys at the end of their career? If they come to you and say, Dante, what do you think about coaching? What's your advice? I think that if, if, if that's your passion and that's your desire, then you should follow it. But I also think this, there's a hell of a lot of difference between being a player and being a coach. The hours are off the charts hard. I don't know what they're like in baseball, Brett, to be honest with you, but in football, you know, it, the reality of it is, is for the entire length of the season, um, you leave before everyone wakes up and you come home after everyone's sleeping. You know, there were, I mean, every week I didn't see my wife from Sunday night after the game. I'd, that's, I'd see her then and then I wouldn't see her awake until Friday afternoon. And it's that kind of life. And I think a lot of players – when they get into it, they say, my God, why are we doing this? You know, and, you know, we didn't have to do this when we were playing, but, you know, you're so compelled and so driven to, for a lot of different motivational reasons, fear of failure and, and want to be successful and all the rest of it to, you know, purge yourself into to living a life that's a hard life. So I would, that would be the first advice I'd tell them. Yeah. And I, and I see that too, you know, and, and it depends depends in the baseball world depends on on the personality type you know i have a brother that's managing the new york yankees right now and he's one of those guys he sleeps 
everything he does is he's thinking about, okay, how can I put my players into the best position tonight on a daily basis to win? My dad was like that. Our personalities are a little bit different. I kind of have a little bit more of a laid back approach. Take it just as serious. Um, but I would have a little different of approach. I, I dabbled in it a little bit in, in 2015. I, I went to work for the Oakland, Oakland A's and I did it uh, as a special assistant, a part-time. I wasn't in the trenches full-time, but I'd go to instructional ball. And, and I worked a lot with the young minor league guys in low A ball and double A. I actually really enjoyed it. I loved, uh, you know, it brought me back to when I was, when I was chasing my dreams and I was in the low levels of the minor leagues and, and watching these guys grow and watch them get to the next level and pick the, it was really a fulfilling for me at the time though. I had young kids, they were in, they were in high school and, and I didn't want to miss their season. So, so it just came, became a time restraint to me, but I really enjoyed it. But I know what you're talking about as far as the dedication and, and the time that it takes away. You said you wouldn't see your wife for, for days at a time. Uh, I can see that. What do you think? Uh, do you think, do you think that, have you found that the great players in the NFL, the hall of fame type, the, the perennial pro bowlers, they can have a tough time coaching. Oh, I don't know. I, I think it again, it goes back to, are you motivated to, why are you motivated to coach? I, I can't speak for what it's like to go from being a player in the NFL. Certainly I wasn't. And to, you know, then to go into coaching, but I do know this. I I knew when I was very young, when I was 12 years old, I knew what I wanted to do. I, I knew I wanted to, I'd rather be outside and on a field of grass doing something you know, playing with kids, coaching kids. That's what motivated me the most. And then when I got into organized football and Pop Warner and high school, I knew for sure what that's what I wanted to do. I thought forever I'd be a high school football coach and a history teacher. And that's where I set my sights. And I did those things. In college, I was a double major and got a teaching credential. I was already, but they weren't hiring Californians. So I just ended up coaching in college for 12 years. And then I can't explain why, but I ended up getting in the NFL and where I never thought I would be and coached there for 36 years. Your alma mater was uh, California Western University. I think you were an old lineman there as a player. Plus. Yeah, you were a player before this this co this coaching career took off for you. It's amazing, Dante. I was, you know, I'm going over this and I know we've never met in person and and uh, I like doing these, getting out of my comfort zone, out of the baseball world, getting into football. And then I started looking at, at your career and I'm thinking, wow, started in 1970, made your debut in the NFL in 82. And you didn't you, you didn't retire officially until 2019. That is a lot of time. I'm looking at the Super Bowls. I'm going, I've had a lot of great players on this show. I've had a lot of you know, in all, uh, in all sports, but I don't think I've ever seen, had somebody that's been to 11 world series or 11 super Bowls. So I was excited to get into it as a young coach. When you left and, and got into coaching 1970, is there any advice that you wish you would have gotten early on or, or not? I, the advice I give to all young coaches is come in early and go home late and don't leave any stones unturned. And above all, you don't know nothing. Listen, be a great listener and that will serve you well. 
But, you know, with a lot of young coaches are motivated to show you how much they know when in the reality of it is they can learn a lot more by listening than they can by talking. And, and that's the most, to me, those are the two most important things. Roll up your sleeves, go to work. You can't outwork the other guy. You absolutely can outwork the other guys. You can prepare harder than they can. And for guys like me, that, you know, I, look, at I, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not the brightest, sharpest knife in the drawer now. And so I have to work hard and I had to prepare hard and had to drive myself to, you know, a certain way that, that would allow me to have a chance, a small chance to be successful. And that's what I had to do. Maybe it was fear of failure or whatever it was, but I just, I, I just felt like those are the things I had to do. And that was, and those are the things I've always told young coaches, shut up and listen and get in early, go home late. And I think you'll be a lot better off. I think, I think that's good advice in, in a lot of facets of life. Shut up and listen until you learn until, until you get, you know, you cut your teeth. Uh, how is it decided what your specialty is going to be for the most part of your career, you were, you were the O-line coach, but you did a lot of other stuff too. You were special teams. Uh, how is that decided? And do you, because you were an O-lineman in college, does that mean automatically you're an offensive lineman coach in the NFL or how is that decided? Well, I think it's number one, it's where you're most comfortable. Okay. Certainly I played offensive line and for four years in college and played it for three years in, in high school and, and also in Pop Warner. So, you know, that's where I was most comfortable. But I would tell you this, at the end of the, of the run, you are what you are and you get to where you are as a result of everything that's happened to you in the past, okay? So even though my interests were in the offensive line, when, I, when we came up to New England and uh, – Ron Meyer, who brought me here, said, you're going to be the special teams and tight ends coach. Well, I had never coached those two positions. And honestly, Brett, it made me a much better coach for the seven years I did that than I was before I started doing it. Because I saw the game in, in a whole new different way relative to special teams and how that impacted the game, as well as I was able to, you know, uh, when I when I was with Parcells for four years, when he came into New England, he put me on defense, and all I did was break down tape. And I'd been in the league for a number of years, and 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 I but I was willing to stay, and I wanted to be and coach with Parcells, and so I went to work on defense, and I did all the breakdowns for the defensive staff, and that made me a much better coach than I had been before, just coaching, seeing the game from one venue and that was offensive line i knew after four years of seeing how teams were attacking defenses and how defenses had to defend certain offenses and stuff i got a better picture of things so it made me a better coach in so many ways and i'm grateful for those years some people would look at them and say well yeah but you weren't doing what you wanted to yeah but i learned a lot and again it goes back to what we first talked about and that's you know listening you know and watching and observing and you can learn a hell of a lot about a lot of things if you if you take that approach. I want to talk about the offensive line and that and the genre and that they're different. It's a different breed. We've had a few guys on the show. Uh, Anthony Munoz has come on. Walter Jones, Joe Staley, some of the great the greats of the NFL. 
and I found it really interesting talking to them versus talking to a quarterback or a wide receiver or a, or a tailback. It's, they said, we're kind of, we live in a different world. It seems like in their world, it's like they only get recognized if there's a mistake, if there's a blown uh, block, if there's, you know, a sack, how are they judged? How are offensive linemen judged? How are the great ones picked? Because there's really no statistics. We didn't know how many yards they ran for, they passed for, uh, how many how many tackles they made. Yeah, well, I, and relative to those three guys that you talked about, it wouldn't mm-hmm. take anyone a real long period of time to watch those three guys play and say, those guys are really good players. You know, they knock people off the ball. No one gets around them. No one rushes through them. You know, they're just they're just guys you say, now, fellas, that's how you want to play. Now, where and when all three of those guys, hardly anyone can play as good as those three guys, especially the first two. You know, Munoz and Jones, those guys were so rare and so great in so many different ways. And Joe, you know, you're gonna go back and look at him and say and appreciate him for the things that he was too. But I'm just saying is that you look at them and you look at their style of play and the effort that they give on every play and the way that they're able to, you know, power people uh, as well as finesse people and do the things that they've been coached to do. And all of them had great coaches, I'm sure of it, but they also had great, great people that they, the coaches did, had great people that they could work with and get them to the best, being the best player that they could be. And believe me, those guys play the highest level imaginable relative to players in the history of the league. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.